Are you looking to self-improve and never stop learning? You need to actually have fucked up experiences in order to learn. You're in the right place. Escape the matrix. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You take the red pill, stay in Wonderland. Welcome to Notes from the Underground. You can view it as this fun thing that kind of brings the joy of life. A Kaizen journey with your host, JMC Jr. All right, welcome to the Notes from the Underground podcast. Um, we have a very special guest today, Harold. Uh, he has probably the best testimony I've ever heard in terms of following God's, God's voice and little things being big things. Uh, I met Harold through a mutual friend, uh, Ricky Johnson. Um, he's a basketball coach at a club that I have, and we do community service. And we, um, you know, we're looking for ways for the boys to contribute. And I wanted it to be more than just do these food baskets and give them to people. I wanted them to kind of be more in the nitty gritty of it. And Harold had this great organization that he puts together down in downtown LA, and we were blessed to be a part of it. And when we when we were there, I asked him how I got started. He told me this amazing story. So um, I retell that story all the time, you know. And uh, it's just it's just an awesome story, a blessing, blessing to I've heard it. So welcome, Harold. Welcome to the podcast. Glad to glad to have you on. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Juan. Glad to. Uh, yeah, so like I said, I, you have one of the best stories I've heard. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about your background, you know, where you grew up, what you do now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so um, I grew up in Compton, um, went to um, grade school, Catholic school, high school, Catholic school, um, St. Albert and Bourbon Day, um, played football, you know, it was a passion, um, was blessed with a football scholarship and went and uh, studied computer computer science and graduated and um, I'm currently a um, digital forensics expert. So I deal with uh, computer forensics and cybersecurity and things like that now. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my background. Awesome. Has faith always been a big part of your life? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, growing up Catholic, right. Um, you know, we kind of, um, you know, my family was Catholic. Um, I think I'm, fifth or sixth generation Catholic in our family. And um, it's, all, it's always been a part of my life. Um, just as you know, as you get older, you know, um, I think in my experience looking back, you know, it's kind of like if I knew then, if I knew then what I know now, um, the amount of things I would do differently, um, but it's all part of the growing process. And, and with that, um, you know, in faith, um, you think you think that you may have it sometime if you're kind of self-evaluating and you're looking at the your own filter, um, but God has a way of getting your attention, right? And and making sure that um, He sets you right and and straighten you up. And uh, that was something I was I've been blessed to experience. So, what's one thing that you wish you knew back then that you know now? Um, one thing I wish I knew then was um, I actually. I wish I knew the importance of understanding God's purpose in my life. Um, I always took it for granted because it was always said to me and it was always, you know, it was said to me so much, you know, just, I just took it for granted. I let us, let us uh, fade to the wayside. But um, one of the reasons why I wish, uh, actually one, one, one of the reasons I point that out is as a lesson learned that, that if I could do it over again, I would definitely let that be the, the centerpiece is because um, making decisions on what you know um, 
can can cause you to do things that you don't foresee coming. Uh, making decisions with your with your eye on God is a completely different set of circumstances, and uh, that's been something I've experienced. That if I ever had to do this life over again, He would be the first person I would I would engage with and um, and invite to the party for us making decisions before I do anything. So how do you do that now? You just, you pray about things and stuff of that nature? Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the things I can say, I'm going to kind of maybe segue into the service. Um, you know, 2000, 2012 um, was my uh, 24th year, I guess, in digital forensics. I was working for a very large law firm. And um, God blessed me with an opportunity to, to start my own business, to branch out and start my own business and actually make my employer my first client. Um, and again, he could only have done that. Um, so that happened and I started my own business in 2012. And by 2016, I was in trouble. Hey, I was in financial trouble. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of decisions I made, I made them based off what I thought I knew. Um, looking back, I wish I would have prayed on it. I wish I would have been patient and I wish I would have allowed him to move first and allow me to that will allow me an opportunity to um, to follow, um, because what ended up happening is that I I made some decisions without his consult and uh, paid the price. Um, but in that too, what came out of that was um, it uh, pretty much brought me down to my financial needs, so to speak. Um, you know, when when you're when you're out of money and you you know you're accustomed to having a, a business that you start in L.A. and I grew it to New York and Texas and and in two years things a bust, um, you know, kind of left me sitting there looking up going, okay, I blew this. What's my next move? And, um, you know, the next move that he gave me um, was to go find some other people that's got it worse than you and go help them right now while you need help. And that was my challenge. And I accepted that challenge and took the first step in 2016. So that's the one thing I definitely would take back. And uh, if I could do it over again, I would, I would make, um, I'd make sure that God was at the beginning of everything that I do through prayer, through patience, um, and through, um, and through obedience. So you, uh, 2016, you started a kind of like a homeless service in downtown LA. Can you tell us more about what you provided or what you did? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, it was, it was, uh, it was a uh, Thanksgiving, uh, it was November, 2016. And, um, just to kind of, you know, just to kind of help anyone who's listening understand if they're in this position, I hope they can understand um, the position I was in and maybe identify it and make a move sooner than later. But um, in 2016, I had, for Thanksgiving, all the Thanksgiving's prior, I always give like 10 gift cards to Rouse, right? And I would donate that for Thanksgiving. Put that in the basket and move on, just go, go live my life. Um, but by 2016, uh, November 2016, I didn't have the money to do it. And so I reached out to one of the brothers that's in a, just in a life group that we have at our church, part of our Bible study service. And I, and, um, I asked him, I knew he was doing some things um, to help the needy. And I said, hey, man, you know, what can I do to help? You know, I don't have money right now, but I have the time. And he says, hey, brother, you know, I live all the way in Rancho. And does it make sense for you to come out here, um, get you some clothes, you know, have you, you, you clear, get the clothes out your closet that you're not wearing anymore get you some food, um, grab some drinks, and go find some homeless and bless them. 
And so on that Wednesday before Thanksgiving 2016, we did just that, right? We, you know, got up, told my kids to get, hey, you know, go through your closet, get all your old clothes. Hey, dad, what are we doing? We're going to go find some homeless people. So they were excited about that, which was good. But we did it. And uh, we went and bought some, some pizzas from Little Caesars and bought some drinks from Costco and put them in our delivery van and drove around our warehouse area uh, that's near Jefferson and Hill Street. And um, we just tried to find as many homes as we can. Three hours later, we had touched about over 60 homeless. I knew that because I had about a, 50, about a 50 and a 10 pack of plates. We had run out of plates and went and bought more plates. Um, and when we were done, um, we took pictures and all that good stuff. And, you know, it was a great day. Um, shared those pictures with um, some friends. And they, next thing I know, they were dropping off bags of clothes at my gate at the house. And so then my son and my daughter who went with me were like, hey, dad, uh, so why are people dropping off the clothes? I'm like, well, I shared the pictures. They're like, okay, well, can we go again next Saturday? I'm like, yeah. So then I was kept, I started to share the story with other friends. And next thing I know, someone goes, hey, man, how much did the pizza cost? And I'm like, well, the pizza, we bought 15 pizzas, $85.79. So they dropped off $160. So that covered two weeks worth of pizza. So we had pizzas for the next Saturday and the following Saturday. So we ended up going those two Saturdays. And then someone else came in and donated. And next thing you know, it was March and we were still going out on Saturdays and we were still getting more clothes and more shoes and, and folks were still donating, you know, either they were dropping off a case of water or they were, they were bringing me cash. And I was so, I was so paranoid about not wanting to do anything wrong in God's eyes. I made sure every penny got spent on the food. And so we just kept doing that. And by March, you know, I went to my pastor, the church, and I'm like, hey, listen, this is what me and my kids been doing on Saturdays, but I think I'm supposed to do something else. And he goes, yeah, you got to lead the folks to the Lord because you're just serving them and giving them clothes and food is great, but you're not, you know, we're supposed to lead them to the Lord. And so, um, so he challenged me and we did that. Um, I would, we would go out on Saturday still, but then on Sundays, I'd take the church van and go back and drive around those areas and try and get folks to wake up and get in the van and and to come to church service on Sunday. Um, we did that for all of 2017. We'd average between, we started counting on Saturdays. We would average between 75 and 80 people on Saturdays that we were seeing, we were driving around. Um, and then, but we were only averaging from five to eight folks that would get in the van on Sundays to go to church. So like our, our mission for God was kind of really upside down. It was more of a mission just to get folks fed than it was to get them the word. So by the end of 2017, we did a, um, we did a Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and by then we had built a rapport with the group that we were seeing. Um, we got them to leave their tents, get into the vans. We sent our vans in their areas and drove them to our warehouse area where we had set up the tent tables and chairs like you and your guys had, had saw. That was our first time doing it, right? And when we did it, we had 40, we had like 55 homeless that showed up that got in the vans or got in the vans and came and walked um, for the Thanksgiving um, service, uh, dinner that we had, but we didn't have a service. And so for Christmas, we did the exact same thing, except we had a service. And we had 82 um, homeless show up. Um, they got a church service first. They received um, food, clothes, blankets, hygiene packs. Um, one of the staples in the hygiene pack is our, 
is our daily word that we put in each hygiene pack so they can have that. That's the most important part of the clothes packet. Um, and then uh, in 2018, um, we just purchased the tent tables and chairs versus renting them. And uh, we just turned our parking lot into a Saturday church for the homeless. Um, and um, from there, man, every Saturday we would be there and um, just provide an open, welcoming environment for them to come in as they are, bring their baskets, bring your carts, bring whatever. Come sit down and let us serve you, love on you, and get you the word and, and just kind of challenge them to uh, want to do better. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you were doing this, um, were the homeless people receptive to the word? Okay, so no. Um, and so that... I'm glad that was a great, that's a great question. So um, one of the things that have to happen is um, if you, if you really, if you think about just life in general, it's all about relationship, right? It doesn't matter if you're trying to, if you're trying to, you know, date a girl or get her, get her, get her phone number, right? You got to build up some type of trust and relationship with that. Or if you're trying to get a job, you know, you need to impress them to make sure you're the right person. So no matter what it is that you're trying to achieve, First, you have to have a relationship. Well, the same thing applies to the homeless. And what had happened was um, during the entire time of 2017, we just kept coming out there every Saturday, right? And we would drive around in our in our in my company van, and you know, have my guys with me, and we stop and pop out and serve them clothes on the side of the van and food in the back. After a period of time what happened is we were we were experiencing rival gang members right wondering what we were doing and so we were trying to love on them and i never forget i had this one kid i know what he was doing he had a backpack on a dirt bike and um i remember walking up to the first time says hey man um don't look like you need any clothes or anything would you like some food he goes nah man i'm cool i'm cool i'm like all right man look it's hot it's july this water over here is cold man it's super cold man I'm just saying, you know, the water is yours, bro, if you want it. And I walked away from him. And he goes, hold on, Pops, hold on, man. Let me get that water. So I gave him the water. I'm like, look, we got this little scissor pizza, man. I was like, you tripping. So he grabbed a piece of pizza. So we end up, we end up going down, the, out, down, down the, the same road, maybe about four or five blocks. And we run into another young man. And he's got a backpack. And, you know, you, you can kind of tell what's up, right? And hit him with the same thing. By the Third week, when we drove up, we had both of them coming up to us going, hey, you guys got some pizza? You got some food? We're like, yeah, man, we got the pizza and food, but you know what? Hey, let me tell you about, let me tell you, let me tell you about what God did for me, man, when I was your age. And he listened. Notice, first things first, you got to have an end. What was the end? Hey, man, something real basic. Let me hook you up with some water or some pizza, okay? Walk away but then you got to stay committed and come back. Right. And so that happened with all the homeless, right? We had, I remember, I never forget, uh, we got one, Steve Latham, Kevin Cruz, all those guys. It took Steve Latham. Steve Latham is 58 years old. Um, he's, he's been homeless for about 10 years and he would never come to service. He would never get in the van. And so I just kept working on Steve. Hey Steve. Um, he wears a size 10 and a half shoe. I found some, I have some shoes done in really nice Nike, so I'm gonna save these for my man, Steve. So I saw Steve, said, Steve, man, I got these, I got some shoes for you, bro. I said, oh, hell, man, down my head, man. But God hooked you up with these, bro. I don't know about you, man. You may wanna, 
you may want to consider, man, come to service next Saturday, right? And so then he goes, man, I'm going to come next Saturday. So that next Saturday, he kept his word. He came, came to service. Ever since then, he would bring other people. And I was like, yes, that's, that's the key. So, so I think the main message that I would want to share is, for me, I'm thankful that God shared his purpose for my life with me, okay? Because that was the key. Um, but I had to go through a lot of nonsense that I went through in my other 50 years of life to get to this point. But once, I get, once you get to this point, you can't deny it when he gives it to you because it's going to be real. You're going to experience it. And then other things are going to happen that you didn't even see. Like for me, for instance, I didn't see after we went and did that that first Wednesday. I'm like, okay, cool. It's Thanksgiving weekend. I'm chilling out, throwing text messages out. I didn't see what was going to come. I didn't see that it was going to lead into my friends bringing me clothes, my kids coming up going, come on, dad, let's go do it some more. Someone else paying for the pizza. I'm like, wait a second. I had to go back and look at some Bible verses that says, you know what, as soon as you take your, as soon as you, you keep your eyes on God, he will add on everything that you need. And I'm thinking, wow, I just experienced that. He's adding everything I need. I'm not paying for pizza. I'm not having to deal with, I'm not the gold axe for clothes. Everything's just coming to the house. Um, so yeah, it was, um, I, I, have, I have to say that, you know, especially now um, with everything we're going through, now's the time for people to really, kind of um, identify where their purpose is for others. Because um, there's a ton of opportunity out there. But, you know, we shouldn't blow that, right? We should definitely try and, try and reach out and help some people out. You know, I think that it's funny because you mentioned uh, having to go through things before you heard the message. And I think sometimes, you know, we, we need that maturity in life to really understand what God's trying to tell us. And I tell my wife all the time that, like, especially, like, right now, you see it through the coronavirus, you see a bunch of news, it's a lot of noise, and I tell them just to filter out what you need, because a lot of it is just noise. Mm-hmm. But uh, we actually have a no technology rule on Sundays, um, just because uh, I read a book one time where it said that, you know, why isn't God as as uh, present as you see in the Bible, like you see him all the time, like, you know, talking to people and this and that. And he said, he is, we're just not listening. You know, we're yeah. stuck in like social media. Yeah. We're stuck on like TV. He, yeah. you know, so he's present. We're just distracted all the time. And yeah. We need some peace to like really hear his voice. Hey Amen, man. You're 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 hitting you're hitting deep on that one, Juan. Um, you know, distractions, right? Success can is the biggest distractor, right? Um, for me, my success was the biggest distraction, right? Um. I am on a, you know, I'm on a rebound right now in my business. Things are starting to come back together. Um, but I can tell you this much. I've had to exercise extreme patience in the process and make sure that I allow the purpose that he's showing me to not die, right? So, like, for instance, what does that look like? Um, my pastor one day did a... Um, he did an analysis of the amount of hours that we sleep, um, work, um, socialize, and then give to God. And it was a fraction of a percentage of time that we were actually giving to God when we looked at, well, Monday through Friday, we're so consumed with everything X, Y, Z. Come Saturday, we're consumed with whatever. Come Sunday, if we go to church, 
we're going to go for that hour and then we're going to run up out of there and that's it. Well, if you put that and let's say how many hours you have in a full year, that percentage drops heavy, right? And when I looked at it that way, I was like, wow. Um, and then he, then, he, then he preached on that. This is before I started the, the ministry. Um, then he preached on it again about two years later. And my response was more like, oh, I know I'm giving God. I know he's got more than 50% of my time. When I wake up in the morning, as soon as I have my, my feet hit the floor, I'm like, thank you, Lord, for letting me wake up. I'm acknowledging him right away and asking him to go ahead of me. When things are happening, I'm going to meetings. I'm like, hey, God, you know, we'll work out whatever you need to work out, whatever your plan is, let, it be, let your will be done. I'm going to do my best, but I'm not going to go in there thinking I got this until you tell me I have it. Um, and then as he's telling me that, he, that I have it, I'm sitting back and going, thank you, Father. I'm still waiting for further instruction because I've realized I've learned that I am my biggest enemy with what I know and with what I see because that's not faith, right? Faith is, the faith is the believing in what you don't see yeah. um, and testing what you don't know by giving it to him. That recipe right there is working out extremely well. Um, case in point, this coronavirus thing hit. Um, towards the end of last year, um, God made some moves and we had to, we had to close that ministry down. Um, one, of my, um, one of my volunteers corrected me and says, hey, Harold, let me correct you. The ministry's not closed, it's transitioning. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting you say that was because no sooner they said that, I got another phone call from someone else who needed help counting the homeless for the census. And because I already had a team in place, the whole team were like, all right, that's it, what time? I mean, everyone was like, hey man, what time I'm there? What time I'm there? What time I'm there? Give me the address. And so I had a, I had a separate situation where, um, where we had, um, they, needed, they needed help on a distribution to give away food. And do a text message out, 15 of us all showed up. We helped the distribution of food. Um, then I got a phone call from you, right? And you wanted to bring the guys back out, you know, right? And you and I kind of talked about, you know what? I'm like, hey man, hey Juan, um, I think what God's doing now is he's kind of, I'm, 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 I'm starting to compare this to the Great Commission, right? When he came back and he told the disciples, hey, look, I need for you now to, you know, not be comfortable where you are, but you need to go here, there, and all over the place and spread that word. I'm thinking like, hmm, I need to spread this experience. And so when you called, I'm like, all right, I think this is now my new purpose that he wants. He wants to be available because he's going to send some folks, but I need to be patient. I need to, I need to be patient, um, be obedient. But the main thing um, I need to be is just quiet and just be able to listen. Because like you said, if I have so many distractions, I can't hear him. So I wouldn't have heard him when you called me and say, hey, Harold, man, we the guys want to come out. And then you and I end up working out a situation where, you know, once it's all over, we're going to come out there and get your guys going and get that set up in your neighborhood. Then that's growing, right? That's spreading it. That's, or that, that, that's being shared, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, man. Yeah, that's, I'm excited for that. Yeah, we are too, man. We can't wait. Um, you have, uh, I know the, the story that you told me, I think about Maurice. Um, it is, uh, that's an amazing story. I tell that, like I said, I retell that story all the time to people and how, you know, little things that you do, you have no idea the big impact it makes. Um, I tell my kids that, you know, um, 
there's a couple of times my kids, like for example, um, you know, they go trick-or-treating and they got this bag of, and they give them fruit and they're like, oh, look, I got this fruit for, you know, trick-or-treating and, and then they walk out the door and there's a homeless person asking for food. And I say, oh, that's not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't, you didn't right. want food, you weren't hungry. You walk out, someone asking for food. That's yeah. God's using you for small things to do big things in their life. So maybe you can mm-hmm. tell us about that story, man. I, I, I really like that story. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so Mar- Maurice is, um, Maurice is a 40-year-old male. Um, he used to live on the side of a liquor store um, near Vernon in Maine. And um, when we were driving around that uh, 2017 era time period, we always see Maurice. Maurice has, um, is diabetic. And um, um, his health was compromised during the time that we were seeing him. And so every time we see him, he was always very weak. Um, we noticed that um, he didn't have any way of keeping his insulin cool. He didn't have a refrigerator. You know, he lived in a tent. Um, so we hooked him up with an ice cooler um, and some, um, some, some ice packs so he can um, at least try and be able to facilitate some type of cooling unit um, when he has his medicine. Um, and we kept challenging Maurice to, to come to service. Maurice, oh, yeah, I'm going to come next day. I'm going to come next day. I'm going to come this day that day. And, you know, it was... After about four months, um, Maurice had um, suffered a, um, a diabetic seizure. And so when he came out the hospital, he, um, he actually reached out to me. I was surprised. This, the, you know, I just got a random phone call. And I said, hey, hello, Miss Maurice. I'm in bad shape. Just got to the hospital, da, da, da. So I went down, picked up Maurice. And um, he said, hey, man, you know, I just need to go to my my sister's place. I'm like, your sister's? I thought you were living at home. So, well, yeah, you know, my place, so I get into a sister's. Long story short, um, Maurice had um, wanted to get housing, right? So one of the criteria for housing, you got to get a social worker. The social worker's going to have you get drug tested. And so he went through all that, you know, and you know, that drug test popped up, you know, positive, right? You know, if he had stuff in the system. So that kind of stopped things. Maurice started to do was he kept coming to service on Saturdays. And, um, you know, at our service, we were very honest. We're very honest and open because what we really want to do is we want to exalt the truth that God is speaking to us. And in one way we do it is when we give them the, the clothes, that hygiene pack that has that word in there, that, that, that daily word or daily bread or daily bread inside, it's got good scripture in it to read. And what we tell them is, hey, listen, you guys have those, you guys have your clothes, but the most important part is the word that you have in there. Take that out and get, put that in your pocket, okay? And we talk raw. Put it in your pocket next to your cigarette lighter, next to your fifth or your pint, whatever it is. So before you pour a click, grab that word real quick and read it just to remind yourself that whatever you're about to do, God's there with you. Whether it's good or bad, he's there with you. You gotta, you gotta believe that. And 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 then from there, let him guide you. So for Maurice, he was doing it. He would take it, he'd read it, and he goes, Man, hell, after I read it, I felt so bad, I felt so guilty, I didn't want to pour a clip. He goes, So that happened for me a couple of times. He goes, now, you know, one one of the times I did, you know, kind of kind of did, but after that, I kind of felt so bad. So so he ended, he started sharing with me how. He goes, hey, man, I got my house. I'm like, wait a minute, man, how do you get your house? This is about a month later. And um, 
he was saying that, um, hey man, um, I was doing what you said. I was like, I was reading and man, dude, like I didn't want to do it no more. So then every time I had an urge, I would just read. And then that was, that was killing my trigger. And I was like, look at God. So I just prayed with the brother and um, gave him a ride to his new spot. He had the keys and everything, right? And he said, hey, man, I got to catch the bus. I said, hold on, man, I'll take you over there. And that was the one of the best rides I've given someone, man, in my life was to take him and take him to his new place. And, you know, I, I've since then, you know, from time to time, you know, I'll go grab, you know, if I'm in Costco, I'll grab some extra stuff. I'll give him a house. Hey, Reese, man, I got some bread or some rice for you, brother, you at home, whatever. But um, he's... Um, Maurice is a great testament for someone who really challenged himself to, to, to do better for God. Um, he'd always say, hey, brother, man, thank you so much, Harold, man. You don't know I'm to do, man. Oh, whoa, stop, man. Thank God, brother. Thank God, because the real, the truth is this. I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for him. I don't know who you really are. I don't really know who your problems are, what your problems are. But what I do know is that he needs for me to do some work for him. And whomever those people are, I'm here for them. You're one of those people. So I'm willing to love on whomever it is that he wants me to love. You're one of them. And so now, bro, if anything, me and you give him thanks for bringing us together. And you and I have to pray that he continues to bring folks to us now that we can help, man, because now you're on the team now. And um, that picture that I just sent you of Maurice, that picture was taken about two months ago. Um, he's been in his place for over a year, okay? Wow. And um, yeah, yeah, Maurice still calls me from out the blue from time to time. I'll take his call. We'll talk. You know, he just want to just kind of, you know, just kind of, he just want to just fellowship, man, and just, just, just talk. I know he's got a, got a friend on the end of the line, man. And um, yeah, that's a blessing, man. I'm, I'm thankful for that opportunity. Yeah, that, that's, that's an incredible t story. Um, is there any other stories like that you can share? You know, there's, um, there's one other one. I was actually trying to find the pictures before the call, but I couldn't. Um, there's um, there's a um, lady, um, Yvette, who, um, her and her daughter, now her daughter's probably in her 30s, so Yvette's probably up in her 50s, probably upper 50s, lower 60s. Um, they were both homeless, living um, right there off of... Um, Broadway, like near King Boulevard, Broadway. And um, they would come to service sporadically. Then one day I remember um, one of the, um, one of our volunteers who drive our vans, um, I think it was um, Sandra, was talking with her. Um, she goes by the name Big Mama and was talking to Big Mama and realized that, you know what? Well, Big Mama, all right. Big Mama just went through a hard, a, a little rough patch and just kind of didn't get the assistance she needed. And so we prayed on the assistance for her, but we really were asking her questions like, hey, you know, Big Mama, hey, what's going on? Da, da, da. So she told us what was happening. And, um, you know, she had some, some, some vices that she needed to deal with. Um, but she kept coming on Saturdays. And the same exact message she was getting um, she says, Brother Harold, I just went and called the folks over at Hot Picks. They hooked me up with these people over here with Section 8 that hooked me up with a social worker. And, you know, I really don't do drugs. I drink, but I don't do drugs. Okay. And so then she was like, 
I went and applied for me, and then I had my daughter apply. And then after after we applied, we just prayed because you know what you everything you guys talk about is making sure we leading with prayer. So we just prayed. And he, she goes, I gotta be honest with you, but I didn't, th- I didn't think I was gonna get it. So, you know, we just did it and we just prayed, but we, we really just prayed because we like just fellowshipping with God because we come here on Saturdays. And um, she goes, and the next thing you know, they called us and, and she pulled the keys out of her pocket, two sets of keys, one for her daughter, one for her. And so me and my son, my nephew went over there and she, we moved all their stuff. I'm gonna send you the pictures. I got, I have pictures. Now I got pictures of loading stuff in the van. I got pictures of bringing stuff into a new apartment that was fully furnished, brand new. We're talking about refrigerator, stove, um, dishwasher, um, tables, chairs, bed, the whole shot. All she had to do was just move her stuff in and that's it. Um, yeah, she's um, she's another one of those stories. And and the beauty of with her is that afterwards, she started trying to bring people together that's in that unit that, um, that have come from the same background. She's bringing them together and saying, hey guys, we need to talk about where God is in your life. So she's trying to, she's putting together like little Bible study sessions with folks in her, in her apartment complex. Right. And I'm just like, sister, keep doing that. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. That's exactly what we need to do. All right. We need to be disciples and then get someone else on board and make them disciples and get someone else on board and make them disciples and just keep it going. Cause that's the words that we're supposed to do. And um, yeah, she's one of those stories, man. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking for I'm looking forward to finding the Maurices and the Yvettes in your area. I know they're there. Um, whatever's gonna happen out of this this thing, man. Um, I I know without a doubt God's gonna provide plenty of opportunity for us to get together and help those who are less fortunate. Absolutely, and I think if anything, this has really uh, kind of moved that spirit of community and of being a service to others forward. You know, I see, I see it all the time with people, um, you know, helping the elderly with food and so forth. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think it's brought us closer together a little bit, you know, as exactly yeah. slow down a little bit for everybody. So for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. So Harold, like just to close off the podcast, what's the, what's the, I know you've talked a lot about um, how we can be a service, listen to God, but for people that are hearing this podcast that are, are maybe not on that path yet. Um, maybe still going through some of the maturity issues. What's the best advice maybe to, to learn to be of service? Right. Um, for me, the best advice would be, would come out of the, if I knew then what I know now. Um, I have a young man um, named Casey, who's a 24. Casey, um, Casey would come out and help us religiously. What I like about Casey was, um, He's always eager to want to challenge what he thinks he knows in exchange for the wisdom of someone older. And so that's the reason why I have a great relationship with him because he's like, hey man, this is what I think, but you know, I am, I'm not always sure. So he's humble. I would tell everyone, humble yourself first. Um, what you think you know, look at what you think you know through God's lens. If God were looking at you and saying, you think you know all that stuff, did I give you that? If the answer is no, then you need to pause it. Um, and then from there, getting to that word, that was one of the challenges I had. I didn't read the Bible a lot before. I read it now daily. Um, 
and what I'm reading, I'm able to relate it to what I'm living through. That part right there is no lie. So it makes me want to continue to, it makes me want to continue um, to get deeper into it, to get a better understanding. And it never lets me down because when I go and seek it, I find what I'm seeking, which is more understanding, which helps me mature better. And so I would, I would, doing this time right now is a great time since we all got to be home. Get into that word, start with the book of Genesis and just get through it and understand it. Um, and then every day, just build that relationship with God the way you will deal with some girl that you want to meet, right? Hey, good morning, God, how you doing? Da, da, da. Okay, you know, guide me today. Father, I'm looking for you. I'm looking for your wisdom. Put God in that, in that leadership role that he deserves in your life. Let him know that you have him there and then let him know that you trust him to guide you and then let him guide, okay? Let him guide, which means you got to be patient. You got to get rid of the noise and you hit the nail on the head. Kill the technology and the DM, right? Because those things right there are the biggest um, weapons that the devil has on this earth that he can use in order to kind of keep us distracted. Yeah, that's a tough part. You know, um, this podcast, Notes from the Underground, is really to take you out of that matrix that society has us in and, you know, in constant comparison, constant, um, uh, constant distraction. So I think that's a challenge that we all have, right, to just kind of break out of that and, and kill those distractions. Yep. Amen, brother. Well, Harold, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, connecting again once it's all over um, and starting that stuff out here where we live. And it'll be a great opportunity for us to be a service and teach our kids and our, you know, that next generation to be a service and, and maybe learn those lessons that we learn. I tell that, I, that, I tell that to my wife all the time. I'm trying to teach the, my kids what I know at 45 and 40 when they're, you know, 15 and 16. So hopefully we can kind of spread that message a little earlier in their life. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, man. Exactly. Exactly. One. Man, but I appreciate you being on the podcast. Um, definitely want, definitely, uh, hopefully you come back again. I, I, I definitely, once we do our little partnership and you come out here and help us do that here, we'd definitely love to have you back on. I'm looking forward to it, Juan. I'm looking forward to everything we have in order, man. All right, brother. Okay. While you stay safe. Stay blessed. Yes, sir. You do the same, man. Take care. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Notes from the Underground, a Kaizen journey with JMC Jr. Keep on the road to self-improvement and we'll catch you on the next episode.